On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with my friend Teresa, and she is amazing. She built a six-figure business during the pandemic. Incredible. We go into all of that, and she's so much more than that. She's a leadership coach. She's been a serial entrepreneur with so many businesses. You're going to love this conversation. She's incredible. She brings the energy like so many of my guests do, but she also opens up and I love that about that. So lots of amazing things for you to get value, implement, take action. So let's dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. We are back for another episode and I am so excited. Yes, love the energy dancing around. You know that's going to be a good episode when you see that energy already riding through. Um, and it's been so cool because we were talking right before we jumped on and we had to stop what we were doing to make sure that the stuff we were talking about was recorded. So, um, Teresa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Been looking yeah. forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too, because it had been so long since we last talked. So I was like, I got to get her on the show. Um, so awesome. So real quick, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and who you serve. Sure. So my name is Teresa Kwan, and I'm a business growth strategist and leadership coach. I hail out of Austin, Texas, and I love to help people who are very purpose-driven, values-driven, going to make an impact on the world. And that's entrepreneurs, doers, makers, organizers, all of you who really want to scale without sacrificing your family or your freedom. Love it. Amazing. Yeah. So cool. And it's so awesome because um, as we were just talking, you really are now more official, I will say, an entrepreneur because it's one thing to start and have a successful business, but now you've gone ahead and done it again. Yes. Well, actually, this is my fourth business now. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> well, let's, oh my gosh. Perfect. So let's start from the beginning then. What was your first business? Oh, okay. Well, if you want to start with my very, very, very first business, it was when I was a kid. So I used to do, I don't know, I guess I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur and I think about it, but what I used, so my parents, you know, ran a convenience store, had like a whole deli and all this stuff. And what I would do is I would ask my parents, can I have a box of candy bars? And what I would do is I would sell them on the block. Like I would invite all the kids after school to my house. Like we play kickball and softball and all that stuff, but then you, they can also bring 50 cents and buy a candy bar. So that was my very, very first business. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I've heard that before with like people starting. I, I never did that type of thing. I was hated, you know, I was like nervous about selling stuff. I had, I did. Well, I mean, like I said, I never thought I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> why not my dad's doing it <laughs> there was a time where my brother had to sell candy bars for his baseball team and for some reason i felt i just grabbed the candy bars and started walking around the neighborhood selling it for him i had no gain see? at all yeah see that, i mean here. candy balls bars kind of sell themselves so you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love but it. as so an adult, adult i would say my very first business was really in the like life coaching arena. Um, you know, part of my background is, 
you know, and I don't always share this, but I actually had, I used to be in a pastoral leadership um, capacity. And so I would always be mentoring women and et cetera, but then it would be outside of the church. And so there were women that were looking for career and life coaching. And so I used to do life coaching. That was my very first adult business um, in my twenties. Um, then I started a consulting business, um, really focusing on for-profit or no, sorry, for-purpose organizations like social enterprises, which was really new when I was doing it and nonprofits when I was in graduate school. And that was like um, 20, 2008, actually right when the recession happened. Um, I, I, that actually morphed into my, so I guess technically this would be my fifth business. My third business would be after that is that then I started focusing on leadership consulting. Um, and I was working with global organizations, Fortune 500, Fortune 200, startups, um, et cetera, organizational management, et cetera. And then that turned into the business that you and I met through, which is leadership uh, coaching. Uh, and then now this is, I'm doing a bake shop business with my husband. So, oh my gosh. Go. So amazing. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Like, and it's clear. So, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of them are, are similar. Obviously the, the baking almost comes full circle to the childhood mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but, I'm, <laughs> but you know, in that core middle, I mean, again, so much of it is, is coaching and just focusing focusing on, on helping mm-hmm. individuals from that, you know, standpoint. I mean, really they're coaches the, the whole time. I mean, you're helping, supporting people through that process. I love that. And then transitioning to the bakery. I know, I know we talked a little bit about it um, before we jumped on, but I, we, we got to get more of this because you created a six figure business during a pandemic and that needs to be discussed. So <laughs> let's yeah, talk about that. I'm happy to share. So, well, I mean, long story short, like everybody else, we were like 2020, yes, this is a new decade, etc. And I had all this planned out, giant calendar and everything. And then come March, my husband actually is a chef. He's a sushi chef and a patisserie chef. And he actually was one of, in that first role of people that got laid off, right? When the world started shutting down. And, um, you know, we... At first I was like, oh, okay, so this is temporary. We just need to figure out. For me, it was really, it, it started with two things. Number one is that my friends quickly started saying, oh, look at this, like your home, your husband's home, and you've talked about building a gluten-free bake shop business for uh, <clears throat> eight years. So isn't this time to do it? You know, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like we talked about, I think that this is planned. I'm not sure I want to do that. Like that sounds like a lot of work. And and then I started seeing my husband playing too many video games and zoning on the couch all day long. And I was like, dude, like, we, <laughs> I need to give something to do, you know? So that's how we started. And I thought, stop gap. Like, you know, we'll just do this for a little while and, you know, collect unemployment or whatever and, until you like go back to work. Cause you know, the whole world died like uh, two months, maybe tops, like, you know, right. Fixed, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we started a gluten-free bake shop business doing a once a week, you know, deliveries in our neighborhood actually is how we started it. Um, and, and that kind of just grew and grew and then exploded. Um, and we ended up passing six figures before yeah, Well, we did six figures in six months and working only by that point, three days a week. And, um, yeah, just really 
It's just, there's so many things I can say. So amazing. Well, so you mentioned like there was an explosion. So like, what, what was the explosion? Like, what, what do you give credit to what made that happen? Mm. Well, you know, uh, I would say it was one product, one product. And it's still the thing that's driving. It's the thing that has a wait list of 1200 people that we are still trying to fulfill. Like it's crazy pants. Um, and it's, um, if you, are you foodie or on Instagram at all? Do you follow that stuff? I don't, um, I don't but I do love food, but I don't follow them that much. Cause I try not to get hungry while I'm scrolling through. My <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably better. I am the sucker for all the things online. All the food stuff is like my, my whole feed is full of puppies and food. And, um, so there was this little phenomenon happening in the West coast started kind of the San Francisco area and then started moving down and it's called the mochi donuts. You know what a mochi donut is? No. Oh yeah. Well, here I actually have one to show you. Um, oh they don't gosh. all. So here's one right here. Oh, so it's love a, it. this is a small version. So it's a mochi donut. Actually, is a donut. Oh, yes, Lord. Yeah, it looks kind of like. Um, it looks kind of for those of you who are listening. It looks kind of like a almost like a wreath. Um, style. Yeah. Like shape. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. So first of all, qualify mochi donut. Actually, what makes a difference with the, with a regular donut in this is that it uses a glutinous sweet rice flour instead of wheat flour. I mean, now some caveat, a lot of people mix in wheat flour with this. We don't because I'm gluten-free. Um, so it has this, this ubiquitous kind of chewiness to it that's not necessarily in a regular yeast donut or a cake donut. And, um, and the thing is that, you know, the thing that got famous are these little, you know, they call it the plum flower look, you know, I know you guys can't watch this, but, um, but they're actually made of these little balls, if you see. And so the fun oh. thing is, is to separate these little balls. I'm like demonstrating for Nick right now. Yeah. Well, it's great. They look, these. yeah, they look kind of like, um, like Duncan, like almost like donut holes, but it's like one full, it's like a bunch of yeah, donut all holes all together in a ring. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yes. Yeah. So now you can have mochi donut that doesn't look like this. This is just what became popular. Oh, gotcha. And for me in lockdown, full lockdown now, I'm like looking at this and thinking like, oh my God, I want that. If I wasn't in lockdown, I would have flown already to San Francisco and bought, bought my two dozen and eaten them for dinner. And um, I couldn't. And then plus I'm celiac. And so I can't eat most of the mochi donuts because most people actually like mix together. So to like add enough, just enough to make it kind of chewy. So what did I do? I went to my husband and said, honey, what, can you make me mochi donuts? And he's like, uh, what's that? And I try to show him, show him the videos. And he's like, okay. And I was like, oh no, no. But like, I really want a mochi donut. And he's just <laughs> like, well, okay. I mean, cause like the thing is that my husband does make me amazing gluten-free food. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I think he wasn't really into it yet, but I knew I was like, I can't stop watching these videos of people eating mochi donuts. And I found some recipes and finally we started making them. And when I posted on my personal Instagram, cause I wasn't like thinking we were going to, cause we were doing breads and muffins and things, you know, for gluten-free people. I never thought a mochi donut would be the thing. So when I posted on my personal Instagram, like boom, exploded. Everyone's like, where'd you get that? Was that from Austin? Wait, that looks different. What flavor is that? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, we just made them like at home. And everyone's like, oh, can I buy some? And so I was like, oh, sure. Yes. I think, you know, and so I wrote my tiny list of like 
30 people and I sent the pictures and I said, Hey, this is what we made. And does anybody want some? And like instantly two people sent me money. And I was like, Oh, I think we have something here. So then we opened up uh, orders uh, for the next week and then like sold out like instantly. I was like, Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. And then, then literally within like that first buy the Austin foodie community caught on. So that's what happened like that it's because it was already trending on Instagram in the foodie circles and no one else in Austin has them. No one else in Austin makes them. And <laughs> that's how we exploded. It just like started word of mouth and then it was the Instagram and, and then boom, all the like foodie Instagram uh, influencers started like ordering them from us. And normally those guys get paid to like promote food, right? These guys were like, we had like within the first week, we had like a two month long wait list for our mochona. So that's amazing. kind of really how it happened. <laughs> that is so incredible, you know? And it, yeah. it just goes to show you too, you just never know what's going to happen when you're willing to start something to do something, you know, you mentioned it was, you know, the eight year dream and you're like, all right, well, the stars are kind of aligning, I guess, I guess we have to do this. And then something like this happens. That's just completely unexpected and Mm -hmm. boom. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely more to the story. Like we were pretty much like growing our gluten-free only business. Actually, everything we make is gluten-free. So this is gluten-free too, but we had already by word of mouth, like had 20 X our gluten-free business income uh, just by word of mouth. Like, and this is all during lockdown because, you know, delivery food was the thing, right? And uh, we started it too, because that was when there was no yeast and people were running out of flour and like, you can't buy bread and toilet paper. Remember that? Yeah, it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> but that was the worst for gluten-freeers because the supply chain cut off. So my husband started making breads for me and then we became the supplier for people in Austin. So that's why we are already growing that. And then you, we added the mochi donut. And when we launched it, it was actually right. We launched it partly too, because it was right after the, we made them earlier, like in May, but we really fully launched it after the protests because that, that period of time was really personally rocked us pretty hard and actually we were affected. That's a whole nother story. We still get affected. We get harassed a lot by people who are not happy that we're in business and not white. That's another story. Um, and so, you know, for us, we're like, these are, we need joy right now. Like this year it's so heavy. And like mo- I watched these Instagram videos and reels and all the stories on like eating these mochi donuts. It makes me happy and I haven't eaten one yet, you know, and now I have them. So why can't we share them? And so we started on the back of like, we are going to be sharing and delivering joy in a box. And that has been the heart of our mission. And that's really also what's carried like, you know, just the community that we've built around our business, which that's a whole nother amazing side effect of (laughs) doing this business. Well, right. And I think that there, you know, it's a side effect and, and a cause and a, and a, I mean, it's so many things in uh, a community because I mean, business can and should be a, be about community. Um, yeah. And obviously something like this, that's like localized is going to be even more community based. Um, mm-hmm. But man, that is just so fascinating. You know, and like you said, you were already growing before 
the donut, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible. Um, you mentioned to me before we jumped on that you were like, you know, we did everything from a lean standpoint. And I'm curious if mm-hmm. you could kind of elaborate on some of the key things that have kept you, you know, almost like a, cause for me, lean is like, you were working smarter, not harder. And you, you did the you know minimum to, to be able to do this. So I'm just curious on what were some of the tactics and things. And I don't always usually talk about Mark, but I'm just so intrigued. We have to, we have to talk. Oh about yeah. This. No, let's go there. Yeah. Well, so let me give you a little bit more background. So prior to then stepping out and doing the iteration of business that I met you through is that I was actually not only consulting with, but I was working in-house with, um, some of the hottest tech startups in the United States. They're all about lean startup, just like that book. Um, and come to find because of my background growing up in an entrepreneurial family business, also having a huge like background in nonprofit work and my, my master's also is in nonprofit management and leadership um, that I already was built to build lean, you know? And so then you like add fuel to it by doing lean startup, startup style. And the role that I was in was all about massive explosion of business growth. Like I would build, like, you know, I would take a hundred million dollar company and take it to 500 million on track for a billion. Like that was the kind of work that I was doing before. And so same concepts and it is work smarter, not harder. Um, But the one caveat and difference I would say that for, for what I've learned over the years and then what we're doing that I feel like is truly working is being very, 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 very committed to our values. And uh, the the core of our values is, is it spreading joy, right? Um, Is it creating joy, spreading joy, cultivating joy, 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 joy. Joy is the big part for internally and externally. The second is putting family and health first. And um, like I said, you know, before we jumped on in the kind of virtual green room is that one of the best things about last year from this business I'm so grateful for is that we were able to design a business that supported the life that we wanted that really was about repairing and restoring our marriage. And to do that, one of the biggest problems for us was the scarcity of time. Like we just did not have enough time together, you know, cause he'll get off work, come home by the time he shower, it's midnight, like, you know, droning on in front of the TV before we go to bed for him to wake up at the crack and do it all over again. It meant we didn't have any quality conversations. We didn't really have dates. We didn't, you know, cause he was a chef working crazy hours. And then, so what did that happen? I'm already a workaholic too. <laughs> and, um, you know, I went from working in tech startups, 100 hour weeks, plus running a consulting business, because my husband's indisposed anyways. Um, yeah, we were just like, our, our bodies are worn out, our hearts are worn out, and we wanted to prioritize like a business model, like prioritize our time to heal both our bodies and our hearts um, with a business model and a structure that that, preserve, that put that first, really. And so committing to slim down, very focused, tested and retested and iterated menu items, um, being really committed to kind of almost like, and I would say this is what's a little bit different is that we totally did it on our terms. Like 
we have to take orders by this day of the week. We're only going to deliver from this time to this time on this day. Done. Like no exceptions. And when we did that, the interesting thing was, is that because you normally you're like, oh, oh yeah, I can do that. Oh yeah, I can accommodate. Oh yeah, I can do this. You know, there's always exceptions, right? But being fierce with our boundaries and then having those boundaries be a part of the business model that we are building to restore us first is what really has been, I feel like the biggest part of why we've been able to grow and also not burn out, you know, cause like food businesses, you can burn out so quickly. Um, and because we're restoring both our bodily health and our heart health, our marriage, our communication, doing things that, you know, really uh, fuel us again. Like we love nature. We love getting out. We love like doing fun things. And that's what's fueled new creation of products. That's what's inspired new um, ideas. That's what gets us engaged with our community on through social media. And, you know, we get, we get told over and over and over. People are like, oh, we love your products, but we love you. Like, you know, because we're just, we're showing up like totally showing up a hundred percent. Like we're not, not, not we're, there's no veil. There's no like polished anything. Like, you know, we like screw up projects in the kitchen and we're showing them like, look how fugly that is, you know? <laughs> and, you know? <laughs> and people love that. Like they're like watching for us to like fail forward, you know, and letting us laugh at ourselves and getting their feedback and, you know, it's like, it's a whole like foodie experiment together and that's what we're doing and we're growing and we're sharing that ethos with them. So yeah, Love I don't it. know. There's no like breakdown science. There's like a breakdown part. It's number one. It's like, what do you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely believe in? And then build around that. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, so amazing. So I first want to say thank you for you know, being willing and open to share that. Cause I know that's like, that's personal information. So, um, you know, thank you so much for that. And I think it's awesome to hear because, you know, COVID did bring a lot of, um, marriages and, and people both having to look people are looking at themselves and also looking at their relationships because they didn't have all these other things to distract them. They were laid off. They didn't have, you know, football or these, you know, going out mm -hmm. to distract them. And they had to, people had to look inward, uh, and so mm -hmm. it's so cool to hear that through this, that you were able to create, um, something amazing and create something that not only, you know, improve your, your family and relationship, but, you know, again, building the life of your dreams that you wanted, because, mm -hmm. you know, even you talking about your successful business, I mean, to, to have that only goes so far when your if your husband's not involved in it. And That's so right. for you to be able to do this is so cool. And I loved you talking about like just joy being the fundamental aspect and, and building this community. And you touched on too, you know, people like your stuff, but really they like you. And that's no surprise, you know, talking with you and when I first met <laughs> you. So there's no surprise for me there, but it's, you know, people do business with who they know they like and they trust. And, and that's the thing, like when you build up your community and you build up people, no matter what business that you have, you create, um, this environment of people who want to support you. They want to cheer you on. It doesn't matter what you do, you know, even if it's something that's not relevant to them and they're like, well, I don't even like gluten-free desserts, but I'm going to support you and share your stuff anyway, because I like you. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's just the beauty of what can happen when we 
focus on that community and the joy of that, that message in line with your business. Exactly. And like, to be honest, I, everything that, like I said, I just spent the, uh, or I said earlier, I spent the last week, like really evaluating last year and um, thinking about how to cultivate an environment that would really help us explode in the way that we're meant to explode, not an explode according to, I want to be like, whatever, X fill in the blank business, like they grew in one year kind of thing. It's more like, no, what is the way that we are meant to grow, right? And being so happy with that. And I realized, and I, I don't know how much you know about the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven and I'm starting to really own that. Um, and because I, I really thought I was something else for a long time. And Enneagram sevens love experiences or enthusiasts or like just really love gathering people. And like, that's just me, you know? And um, two, because we're all about joy, like I realized that we really needed to create a structure. Like, I mean, basically what I'm doing is called, I'm, I heard, because I hear these like, you know, messages or, you know, phrases and I heard, build rhythms of rest so that you can have freedom to flow. And one of those things had to do with, and the, one of the rhythms was joy generators. And because if we are meant to spread joy and we're creating things for joy and we're really, we really believe that like each and every product, like we truly like we, if we're mad or in a fight, because trust me, you guys don't, don't think that we had like some blissful rekindling of our marriage and like everything's all like awesome. Like we fight, we have had some of the worst fights this, this last year that we've ever had. Um, but that comes with trying to build new things with the, your spouse. That's tell you a real story. Real talk. <laughs> um, but, uh, but at the same time, like we just feel energetically like it's in, everything like in the air we breathe and um the things that we say like our disposition and that transfers to things like even food and so we really try to like put in the love and the joy and the clean good energy into what we're doing and if we are not in that place of joy and we are not in that place of peace and we don't feel the love like we can't transfer that to the food that's going to then spread and um, so joy generators, like I realized, oh man, I really need to like prioritize that in, in our like weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, like life as a lifestyle, as a rhythm, as like a circular continual rhythm pattern, because that's going to generate, help me, us generate and be inspired so that we can spread joy. And it's not like, we stand for joy. And so we're going to do something joyful or here's a joyful meme or like joy jam music. Let's just jam it out. No, it's like, it's gotta come from someplace deeper. And, um, so yeah, so that's how we're doing it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think that's so important with everything that we do. You know, it's that level of the energy that we put out, you know, if, if you are truly embodying that, joy that people are going to resonate with, you know, people would be able to tell if it was fake joy. It's just, there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's an energy, there's a level, there's a, things that people can feel. And I love that you almost like, you know, again, figuring out what's, what brings you joy so that mm -hmm. you can then bring it into the business, which is mm -hmm. 
in many aspects, somebody may see that as the opposite. Like, oh, I need to have a successful business. So I have lots of money and then I can do stuff that I, you know, what that makes me happy. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you're totally reverse engineering this in that, hey, if you want to really make your business successful, start by making yourself happy. And then the rest of the things will all fall into place. That's exactly right. I'm so glad that you saw that is that I just feel like there's a lot of things and, and that's a whole nother thing. But last year, I feel like I deprogrammed and detoxed from so many formulas and um, kind of best practices for success and achievement that I had subscribed to for majority of my life and I'm 45. So um, as I was doing that, I realized like, oh, we're actually doing it backwards. You know, like creators create mm -hmm. from the inside out. And so if you wanna create from the inside out, that, that requires for the inside to be in a good place if you wanna create some good stuff, you know? And you need that energy like, I mean, I, I get it. Like I even have a post-it here that um, is part of one of my commitments to this year is like no longer fueled by anxiety. Um, I realized that so, I mean, I'm a high achiever. Okay. So like addicted to success, I was that person, like can't stop until I'm number one girl um, in everything. But I realized that so much of that was fueled by a mentality of not enough or um, just almost FOMO, there was fear around it, a like, I'm not gonna be accepted even to myself or like, I'm gonna be left behind. Like those things, I get it, it's fueled and it's fueled a lot of my success. I'm not gonna tell you it doesn't work, but there's something so different about being fueled not by that. And that's what we're running on now. And I feel like that has really been a crucial part of how and why we've attracted such an incredible community, incredible fortune, amazing ideas that honestly I could never, I mean, and I'm a master planner, trust me, I can, I can, I can plan everything, but there are things that just have landed in our lap that you can just not, I just, it's just, yeah. And I, I really do attribute it to like having that switch happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Cause there's some great analogies from, you know, and even associating it with the bakery, like fuel, what is it, you know, the fuel that embodies us and you know, what mm -hmm. we're putting in affects everything that we do. Yep. And the association mm -hmm. of that with food often happens, you know, mm -hmm. in that what we eat is going to then project on, on how well we're able to perform and how well we're going to mm -hmm. be able to feel. And so again, it's like that concept of you, you found this new fuel. Like, it's like, oh, well, actually yeah. we're going to, we're going to run our cars on plants now and it's going to be super easy and it's going to run way better than we ever thought could oh, have yeah. possible. Um, so yeah. it's so cool. It's so cool to, you know, just injecting and, and switching and using this mm -hmm. newfound fuel of joy to insert that into your business, which insert inserting it to many more people and all of your customers and your supporters. And cause again, it is more than customers. It's, it's everyone. It's this, this community that, that you're mm -hmm. building. And that is just incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. A hundred thousand percent. So I had this light bulb moment that elite top athletes, and I know you can relate cause you're an athlete, you're, you know, and 
and I was too, like back in my day, I was actually like junior Olympics in Taekwondo, like I, and I did theater and musical theater and danced all day long. And, um, but I I just like, I remember reading this article actually about Michael Phelps, sad where he's at now, but I get it. Um, is that just the, the constant visualization of standing on the platform of like, doing the time, you know, swimming and, you know, doing the time that you wanted, like over and over. And the focus was on attaining what's possible, what they wanted, right? Instead of focusing on what's not possible or what you haven't done yet. Kim Yana did the same. I'm sure like this is just a methodology for all elite athletes. And that going back to what I was saying about no longer fueled by anxiety, I realized that oh, wait a second, why am I like constantly putting a fire under my butt to think that's going to make me run faster when what's proven by world-class athletes is the opposite, which is really the positive of like attaining what you actually want, right? So it's just, it is, it's like the, what are you putting on the inside and what are you cooking on the inside? And, um, and yeah, I dare say that like uh, saying, dreaming about what's possible and cultivating the the like the good vibes the positive vibes the high vibes all that you want to call it that way um it's just a different kind of fuel it's a super fuel <laughs> yeah i mean it's exactly you know what we put out comes back to us and right. you know and and that same level of like focusing on what we want not what we don't want you know and and realizing hey how can we truly effectively make this happen. Okay. Well, let's like, what's my best self looking like? What's how, how are they going to show up? What, what energy are they going to bring into this? And just starting to do that, you know, again, and what you said earlier is like working backwards, you know, and Mm -hmm. again, working from within and we, we just try and control these outside factors like, Oh, well, if I figure out and master Facebook ads, or, you know, if I get way more customers or I get featured on this, then all of a sudden, then I'll be, you know, super popular and the business will grow and I'll be amazing. And then I'll be happy instead of, you know, being able to focus on ourselves when you're happy, then everything else just starts to come to you and it becomes easy. I mean, wouldn't it be, isn't that amazing? Oh, wouldn't it be great? What do you want? You want to work really hard and get no results and and be really upset Mm -hmm. or love your life, be grateful for it. And then things just start coming to you. It's like, which one sounds better? (laughs) Yeah, right. I know one sounds way more fun and it totally works. Um, The other thing I want to add is to like really focusing um, on strengths. So you know, I like, what's the way to put it? So another piece of my background is like, I, I was also in competitive choral music um, and even in theater. Um, what you do is, you know, th- I feel like with especially entrepreneurship um, and when you're starting as a solopreneur and all that, there's this, um, especially Americans and I'm American, is that it's a DIY thing has kind of gone haywire a little bit. Um, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean is that, you know, um, so in choral music or even in theater, when you try to put on a production, you actually cast people and you hire people um, with different talents, 
right? You focus on people who do lighting well or focus on that person who knows how to carry that range of, you know, song, right? Or they fit the parts. Um, they're not trying to be the one person that's going to direct the show, run the show, be the stage manager, be the sound crew, the light crew and all the things, which is a lot like entrepreneurship, especially in the beginning. And then you're so busy taking all the classes and trying to like figure out how to do it, right? Whereas if you focus on the thing that your superpower, so to speak, what do you do best? And then you find where like in our case with my husband, like I'm like, what, and not just what do you do, like do best? It's like, what gives you joy that you do best, right? Especially because multi-talented, multi-passionate people can have learned how to do a lot of things well. Or the big leap is another way to put it. Uh, if you've read that book, have you read the book? By I have not read that book, but I have heard oh, of it. Gotta read it. It's yeah, great. Um, add that to my he list. He talks about zone of genius, zone of excellence, zone of competence, zone of incompetence. Those are the four top things, zone of genius. I think there are a lot of people who think there, there's a lot of people who have a lot of zone of competence. There's a lot more people, there's people who also have a lot of zone of excellence, but a zone of genius is really maybe one or two things, period. But we, and I would speak for myself, is that I realized I capitalized a lot on my zone of excellence because I just am a crazy person who have to become an overnight expert and excellent in everything I do. Um, but when I focus on my zone of genius and that place gave me joy and that that's what my husband and I constantly check on and then build a business that then can focus on those things and you find the very key people. Like I'm literally only focused on the 5% that does the 95%. So I push, you know, um, I push that 80, 20, to uh, that Pareto principle to 5% truly. And in that 5% is the place I am, the zone of genius that gives me joy. For him, zone of genius that gives him joy. What's part of that 5% that's gonna do 95% and you hire for that? You hire for that or you find people that are gonna do that for you because like on a, I'm using so many metaphors, I hope people can follow, <laughs> but like, it's kind of like saying like, hey, if I am the principal or I'm the director of the show um, and that's my zone of genius and that gives me joy, my husband is the stage manager, then we need to find the like exact number of people like that's only required to do the show. Like we need a lead, right? We need a lead person who's going to be on stage and that's not gonna be me, that's not gonna be him, done. That's as lean as you can get. And that's what we're doing. And I feel like when I'm doing that, it keeps me in my joy. I don't get frustrated. I don't like get bogged down. <laughs> and you focus on the strengths. You focus on your zone of genius. Like, that's it. Done. Love it. Yeah, it's so important. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, different people are like, oh, you know, get better at your weaknesses or, um, you know, mm -hmm. there's those are the, the, the kind of two schools of thought where it's like, hey, go all in on your strengths or get mm -hmm. better at your weaknesses. And, you know, I think that again, going all in your strengths, because again, you can find people to do the things that you're not good at. You know, I know for me, I talk about video and I'm like, don't try and 
edit your videos. Like you're just not yeah. going to be as good as someone else. I'm like, I'm better at video editing than you and I don't do mm-hmm. it myself. So why should, why should you try right. and figure it out? It's like, Hey, just be willing to invest in these other things because you know, when you are focused on your zone of genius, then the revenue is going to be there to, mm-hmm. to come after, but you have to be willing to give up those those things and really figure out what is your zone of genius. Do you have any advice for somebody really figuring out what is their number one zone of genius? Mm. You know, I would say that, you know, so many people have different ways to say it. And for me, the way I figured it out, well, first of all, pick up that book, The Big Leap. I know for me, like it was a fast read, but it was, it just really made it click for me because, and especially if you're listening to this and you're someone, you're just like you said, like I could do video editing better than you. And I'm not really a video editor. You know, if you're, if you've ever said that before you need this book and then here's what you do, the check, the gauge. And I feel like I keep saying the same word and it's this joy word, but it's true. It's the thing that you just do with your eyes closed you, it like takes a, like no sweat off your back. Seriously. Like, it's just kind of like, what, you can't do that. Um, and then it just like, I don't know, it's like magic happens and you just feel so energized by it. And like, I don't know, there's some kind of magic you feel in it. And, um, and there's, and it's effortless and you do it really excellently without having to like being that nitpicky, perfectionist coming out and making sure you're doing it excellently does that make sense like there's something really effortless about it and that is your zone of genius and like and if you if you aren't like it's not like a yeah i did it it's more like a woo i'm i'm awesome like that what what that was so like that was so easy what are you talking about that's my zone of genius that's your zone of genius right there I love, I love that. And, and, you know, thinking about it too, cause again, I'm reflecting on myself and I think I knew this already, but when you kind of explained it further it just connected on a deeper level, um, in a previous episode, um, I talked about how I created my dream life and it started one of the big moments in my life was when I spoke on stage for the first time. And that was a total, like just such an exhilarating feeling for me to, and technically it wasn't the first time ever. Cause I, I spoke in school. I, I even went into a competition one time, um, where we, where we presented, but it, there was no audience. It was like, you know, just the judges. But when I went up for the first time and I spoke and I came off the stage, somebody snapped a picture of me. And so I just envisioned it because mm-hmm. there was this. And I mean, there's like a glow in the picture when you look at it of, of me mm-hmm. feeling, I remember my brother commented on the picture. He's like, mic drop, because that was how I felt. Like I just came off the stage, like, this is where I belong. And I told yes! my, I, told my oh. I was like, I need to speak at every single event. Like I want to speak at every single event. Um, I want to speak more. I want to speak mm-hmm. like two time. I just wanted more. And, and I think, you know, what it comes down to is like coaching and teaching. And like, that's my zone of genius. I can Mm -hmm. do it when I'm out with my friends. I mean, I I did some coaching with my friend. She was debating like whether or not she wanted to go surfing. And I just asked her a few questions. The next thing you know, she's running out there. So it's like those little things that, um, that are so clear to me in how we're figuring Mm -hmm. that out. And 
again, it, it comes, it circles back to that brings me so much joy to do that. So yes. why not? Why not focus and only do the things that you love to do in your business? And if you don't have those things, maybe you're not in the right business because there should be things in mm -hmm. your business that you absolutely love. There's obvious, there's always going to be things that maybe you don't like or things that happen, but how we spend our time, you know, there's so many people out there and this is different from the entrepreneurial world, but the people who mm -hmm just go through work, go through the motions, hating their job. And it's like, Hey, there's this amazing opportunity, find what you love and figure out a way to maybe get paid for it. Um, because that's, that's the, that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that I hope everyone challenges themselves yes. to do and, and find. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing too, is if you're, Oh, here's another indicator after you do your genius zone, whatever magic you do, you're never drained. You're energized. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So like, if you were just like, you did it and you're like, dang, that was so hard, but I did it. And I'm awesome. Like, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> it's gotta feel like 13 hours passed and you had no idea. And you were just like, give me more. You know, like I could do this all day long, like what sleep, like this is awesome. This is better than whatever, you know, magic potion you can ever drink. Yeah. That's how you should feel. So when you described, I was like, mm-hmm, he found it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I, I do love, um, that, that kind of analysis of really seeing it. And again, it's like, how can we bring that on that, 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 being energized at the things that we're doing. You know, if you're not doing something that's energizing you and everything that you seem to do is draining, then, okay, well, there's, there should be a shift, you know, you mm -hmm. shouldn't. And there's a lot of things to always like analyze. I mean, I was talking to one of my health friends and it was like, Hey, I, I've been going for a run, but I'm tired. And I was like, Oh, well, I just need to drink more water and, and do these things. Like, basic kind of fundamental things to make sure that I'm not yeah. being drained by things. There's a reason why running and exercise right. energizes you. It's the same analogy here that when you're doing things that excite you and you're doing things that are good for you, good for the soul, good for your body, good for your mind, it's mm -hmm. going to energize you. It's going to feed you so that you want to, you can keep going and you want to keep going and someone's got to drag you away from the computer, you know, if that's what yeah. you do. Or wherever you are. Yeah, you know, wherever you are. Have to be in the yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, here, some practical things. I know some people are like, you know, maybe listening, going, well, is it this or this, or I'm not sure or whatever. And um, I don't know about you. I'm a big fan of all of the kind of assessments that are out there. And I, you know, when, when you're a leadership coach, you're kind of, trained and versed and use all of them um you know but i <clears throat> like i just sometimes you you can take one called the clifton strengths finders like you can take ones called the strengths finders and what it does is 34 quote strengths that they um that you do an assessment and it lets you it shows you what your top quote five um strengths are now that doesn't mean you don't exhibit the other ones or, you know, that it's always number one or whatever, but that might be a helpful way for you to sort of sift through all the multi-talented ways that you've rocked, you know, <laughs> everything that you've become an overnight expert in doing and trying to sift through like what, what really puts, what really lights your soul on fire, you know, and what is your genius zone? Um, I think that's a, a big one. Um, yeah, like for example, like I, 
uh, my top number one always comes up for me. Uh, you're not supposed to take more than once, but I did. Um, it's learner. So like, you know, I can, um, man, I always said this, if someone wants to pay me to learn all day long, like that's my dream job, you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't, you know, I always say like, you know, you can be a freaking amazing at something, but if it doesn't give, it doesn't contribute something to the world, then I'm not sure that that's the one that you want to focus on. Right. Like I can be the most like, I can maybe be like whistle. I, I guess you can do that. But anyways, something that can contribute to the world. But the second one, my second one flip flops and it's ideation or it's strategic. Those are my two. I they have weird names for these, whatever. But ideation and strategic, when those two come alive for me, oh man. Like, I mean, I can, I call, like people call me idea machine. Like I can just like all day long, blah, blah, blah. And what about this? And do this. Oh, wait. And then I like put the strategy together with it. And I'm just like, roll it out. And people are like, whoa, where did that come from? I'm like, I don't know, but it was fun. You want to do it again? Like (laughs) that's, that's me. That's my, like, that's my genius zone. Um, So I help unleash that part of me. And so there's a part of you that needs some unleashing. (laughs) And it's your genius, probably your genius zone. Um, yeah. Love that. Oh my gosh. So powerful. This was, this was so impactful. I love everything that we discussed. This was so cool. I'm going to do a little, uh, recap here. So first off the amazing, uh, you know, serial entrepreneur from selling candy bars, uh, walking around, um, to your life coaching business and, and transitioning and your leadership and then into the bakery, which is so cool. I mean, to have to grow as fast as you did during a pandemic and then having the donut to then take you to another level. Cause I wanted to make sure too, that like you were already crushing it before that happened. And then boom, it just helped you explode even more, which I think is just so incredibly impressive to do during a pandemic. And at the same time, being able to rekindle a marriage and rekindle a relationship and improve your community. And it all started with your commitment to your core values, which was bringing on the joy, um, you know, just having that joy and that, that fundamental aspect and how you can continue to fuel yourself utilizing that joy. And there was one thing I wanted to comment on. We didn't dive into it much, but I love that you shared it, um, that I wrote down and you mentioned fail forward. And I think that is just such a powerful message. Not only are you failing forward, but you were talking about showing it. You're like, oh my gosh, look at all these uh, fugly donuts that that we made. And people are loving that because they're they're seeing the mistakes, they're seeing the behind the scenes. And you know, I feel like especially in the foodie world, from what I know, it's like, oh my gosh, you gotta have this perfect picture. Mm-hmm. And so to share that kind of thing, I think is so awesome. It's like, hey, behind the scenes, behind the bakery, behind behind the curtain you know, there's, there's things going on that aren't all sunshine and rainbows, but you just keep, <laughs> you just keep moving forward. You fail forward. And, you know, I love that you, you know, again, talking about that fuel of joy and that being your superpower and finding your superpower and finding that, that zone of genius, um, just truly incredible. So many impactful notes. And, and again, I appreciate you opening up and sharing. I mean, this was so awesome. Thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you for inviting me and letting me share. Like I, I mean, I'm kind of an open book and I love that, you know, if there's anything that I have shared here, that's going to spark an aha, like that's all I can say. Thank be thankful for like, that's it. Like, yes. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Love it. And then I'd love to ask this too. And I know you mentioned a few books. Uh, you briefly mentioned the lean startup, um, which interesting enough, that was a book that I started. And then I just, I don't know. It didn't, the audio didn't. It's, it's a dry book. Yeah. yeah dry I, book. I couldn't, I didn't finish it and, and I was okay mm-hmm. with not finishing it. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, the big leap though, you mentioned that, um, which I've seen that before um, people have recommended that. So I know, and, and the cover enough, right? It's like the goldfish jumping into Fish, like the yep, bigger one. That's right. And, um, mm-hmm. So I definitely want to get my hands on that. Is there any other book for you that was super impactful and influential? Oh yeah. I mean, well, I don't know if you know this about me, but um, I read like probably three or four books a week. So I'm like a voracious reader, wow. um, especially when it comes to self-development, leadership, business, like I'm a nonfiction book like gorger so um so um in fact actually like i i I haven't updated it for this year but i have a list of 30 must read um leadership books for entrepreneurs like a whole list of that i can share a link if you'd like yeah yeah Um, i think you you, yeah yeah i remember uh, um i accessed that i think at one point when we had first met i think i had reached out to you oh yeah obviously that was a half ago yeah, because I always read the latest one, and then I'm like, "Oh, nope, this is better." Um, but I'll tell you, can I, can I sneak in two books? Yes, no one can ever do one, and it's the funniest thing. It is, it's, it's the best. I mean, I, I, if I could, I would be like, spout ten books for you right now. You know what? Like, it seems to be a common thing. Maybe I should just switch the question. But generally, yeah. everyone's but one three. There's one book Ooh. I will say if there is. Oh God, that's so hard. Okay, well, but I'm gonna say this book because most people don't know about this book. Okay, and, well, key. All right, I'm like, it. it is game change, game changer. I want it like, already. <laughs> where is where was this book? Like, and it's okay. God's timing, whatever. Simon Sinek has a new book called The Infinite Game. Get it. Get the audio book. Get the book. Take notes. It is blow my mind good have you read it have you read it i just realized that i think that was one that i started and i think i was i think i was listening to it before i moved and so i just got a little um like switch oh man i love simon sinek i i oh like uh leaders eat last i mean start with why i reference that book all the time no but but this one is way more heady so that's why i think not everybody can hang with it i would recommend listening to a like search him on podcasts and he does an interview. Um, I think the one that I really like, oh, the one I really like the most is Gone. Um, but there was one he does with Franklin Covey. I think it's, no, one of the, there's a leadership pod. Oh, the Ken Blanchard Leadership Podcast. He does an interview there that talks about everything from this book. After you listen to that, you will smooth sail straight through the book because he breaks it down in a way that's just like, yes. Like, oh my gosh, like, where were you? And then when you start reading it and then he breaks it down, it's just like, I don't know, your worldview for what the success, what are the criteria for success just changes entirely. You look at the world completely differently. Um, I know for me, it was like, oh my God, 
there's another way to like think about success because I was, I last year for me, it was breaking up with the achiever in me, breaking up with success and all the definitions of success. I was like, you're not working for me anymore. Um, it's me, not you, it's me. And uh, <laughs> when, I, when I, and I was redefining it. And when I read this book or when I heard that podcast, then I read the book, I was just like, like really yeah it is the infinite game and if you don't know what I'm talking about go grab the book go listen to the podcast and then grab the book it's game changing game changing yeah I may just restart it anyway because I don't think I was that um super far in if I remember correctly and again I love Simon Sinek but maybe I need to start with this podcast first before I do the podcast first promise you I was just like preach like I was so like what? Like, oh, he's so passionate. <laughs> yeah. I was so passionate and like explaining it. And I don't know, maybe it's the nerd in me too. Like, but yeah. Um, yeah. Can I sneak in one more? Absolutely. Okay. Um, oof. of all of them. Oh God. What's a book that you often recommend to somebody else? Like if some, you know, you're, it's like, the one that you gift, the one that you, I don't know if that helps. Oh, well, so individualization is also one of my top strengths, which means that I won't give the same book to every single person because gotcha. I will always behold that person and exactly what they need to read. So that's a hard question. So I will say, I'll talk about one that was probably like really just so good for me last year, especially during the pandemic, which is Brene Brown's. I'm looking over here because my bookshelves. Are yeah, here. no, I figured. <laughs> um, uh, Brene Brown's Rising Strong, and I would get the audiobook. Um, I love her voice. I love her cadence. Uh, her delivery just makes a big difference. But um, Rising Strong, especially this year, after a year like last year, after the January we've had, <laughs> Rising Strong is. Um, literally just that. It's like, how do you pick yourself back up after you've fallen on the floor, like face down, fall, fail, down in the dumps, like screw it all. Um, How do you get back up? And how do you do it in a way that's not fueled by anxiety or, or like with a vendetta or like, yeah, how do you do it authentically in a way that's going to make you better? Love it. Amazing. So cool. I love awesome recommendations and the way that you talk about them, like makes me want to skyrocket it to the top of my list because obviously I ask a lot of book recommendations, but that, you know, you can tell there's a different vibe by how some people talk about books and you like, I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, well, I need to drop everything right now. And like, Hey, this podcast is (laughs) read this book. That's how I feel. No, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I don't do recommendations slightly because like I said, I read three to four books a week. I'm not, not, I'm a nonstop reader. And I'll tell you like, I like, there are not, there are a lot of like, there's a lot of not, there's a lot of recycled garbage out there. Let's just put it that way. Uh, um, don't read that stuff. Yeah. But like the things that are going to, it's kind of like, let I read them all. So let me filter <laughs> and give you something that's actually going to be originally original thought that's game changing that you won't get from any other book. Love that's that. how I recommend. Yeah. 
Amazing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and then, so lastly, what's the best place for somebody to connect with you, reach out to you, follow you? Oh gosh. Okay. Well, normally I would say Instagram. I mean, so I have two Instagrams going, but my business quote unquote Instagram, I've been pretty silent. That's a whole nother, uh, soapbox, but, um, so you can reach out to me on Instagram at any time. I'm with my bake shop, B-O-M, Boom is, means springtime in Korean. B-O-M, bake shop, Boom bake shop. Uh, some people say bomb bake shop, which is totally cool with me, um, <laughs> is on, on Instagram. And then on my Instagram for the business, which is having a makeover this year, is daringly great leadership. Yeah. Love it. So you can, uh, I'm on Instagram all the time. Um, definitely reach out. I, like I said, I'm about to do a whole, I'm changing all of it. Um, and not changing. Well, yeah, changing all of it. Like last year was a year of alignment and, um, I feel like there's, there's so much that can be said and done in a way that's going to bless this world. That's not fueled by fear or anxiety or that, kind of feeling, but like all the joy. So yeah. Love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for all of your insights. This was just phenomenal. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you listeners for being here. I know that you got a ton of value and some action items to, to take on and find your zone of genius and make it happen and fill your life with joy. So get out there, make it happen. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.